0: Hello. Welcome to Brave Knitting. This is episode 10 to be released on February 15th. And I'm
1: Anne. And I'm Linda. Yes. So uh, what are we talking about today? Well, before we talk about our Brave subject today, oh, okay, we're going to clear up a few little things from a previous episode. Oh, okay. That sounds good. Um, in episode number eight... Okay. We talked about tension, right? Right. And we talked about one of the methods of knitting we talked about was Portuguese knitting. Yes. And then we got some feedback from somebody saying that what we said in the video was, seemed to be a little bit confusing compared to what the video that we showed from Very Pink, or the, the video link we gave to. So we right. want to clarify that.
0: I think her name might have been Denise. Thank you yes. so much for contacting contacting us and she is a Portuguese knitter. So she really knows what she's talking about. And, um, she was saying that in Portuguese knitting, you tension the yarn in your right hand and she's absolutely 100% right. Um, I, I think, you know, I was kind of looking at it from the, um, you know, what does the left hand have to do? And the left hand is, is, uh, flicking the thumb, you know, and the tensioning goes back up over the neck, but it absolutely, she's absolutely right. You know, you would tension that yarn in your right hand, so you're tensioning with the right, just the, flicking with the left. The exactly. left doesn't really tension it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So thank you so much. And always everybody out there, you know, we're doing this, we, we are not experts. <laughs> I especially am not an expert. So we, we want to hear from you. We want to hear, you know, um, just your take on
1: things. Yeah, we just appreciate the feedback. So. Absolutely. So thank, thank you so, so much,
0: Denise. Thanks, Denise.
1: And the other thing that um, we mentioned in that same episode was something that um, I was personally going to follow up on that I was curious about was the thing that I, <laughs> that I called the ring thing. <laughs> the ring thing. That <laughs> I have since been educated and learned that it is the, I think it's pronounced the Lorraine Norwegian Knitting Thimble. Hmm. And it's a like a little kind of swirly, wiry thing that you mm-hmm. put on your finger and I've seen it a couple different YouTube videos of it, um, used on the left hand, and in one I saw where it was used that somebody had um, basically thread that yarn through your, you know, so it's on your left hand finger. <laughs> so if you're doing double color knitting, you have, you know, the usual stuff with the right, and then the yarn for people like me who are not continental knitters and have a hard time holding that, that yarn, perhaps this would be a good tool. I have not tried it yet, but after looking at the videos, I'm sort of excited to, to give it a go. And I have been doing a little bit of color work lately, so it
0: is so cute. We will post a picture of what she did. It's
1: amazing. So, um, yeah, so testing out that. So, but what are we actually being brave about today? Well, Linda, we are being brave about circular knitting. Ooh, knitting in the round. That's right. You now, this is kind of weird because, once again, I go back to Wilma, my very first project. Sure. The very first thing I did as an adult knitter was knitting in the round. Wow. So I don't think it's any big deal. Right. But I'm always amazed. I'm in a couple of Facebook groups of people with knitting questions and things. Mm-hmm. That there are people who have been knitting, you know, they say knitting 30, 40, right. 50 years, but are... Intimidated by circular knitting. Is that weird? And
0: I I was wondering how long it's been around because I've actually been stopped by at least a couple of people out in public, you know, like Uh, at an airport, and they're like, Wow, what is that? (laughs) I'm like, I'm knitting. And they've never seen the circular. So I wonder how long it's been around. It has
1: been around a while. And actually I oh, this is like a fact that I've been doing some research on the history of knitting for a, a master's level two project and I know the answer to this, but I cannot pull it from my brain right now. Um, Why do I always do that? I come up with a question that we, we didn't think about before. We're talking about circular knitting. We think we, we would have thought about that. I know. know. Yeah,
0: just came to me right now. Right. But if anyone out there knows,
1: please, <laughs> please let us know. Oh, oh, we'll follow up on that and let you know next time. But I think it. I think it has been in the last hundred years that, okay, pe- that people actually have circular needles. Okay. I, I think, or in in a a popular sort of way, because I think part of that people did, um, circular knitting, knitting on, um, double pointed Oh, okay. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay. So
0: I guess we should start kind of from the beginning. Why? Why circular knits? Well,
1: to me, the obvious reason is two, two main things, right? Mm -hmm. There are no seams.
0: Okay, and you I don't think-
1: have to seam up at when you're done, right? So you don't have the side seams, you don't have the back seam, you don't have any seams, depending on the pattern. I think that's one of the main reasons. Um, but I think how it really got started was with a lot of like things like Norwegian and Fair Isle, mm-hmm. where purling oh. in, in color work is really really difficult, or just <laughs> purling in general <laughs> for those of us. With, oh. Well, remember we learned Portuguese knitting. People that's prefer right. to purl. That's so right. there we go. There we go. Um, but that. Uh, just to come up with a method where you always have to, always can knit, right? And it's easier. So right. those are two of the main things, right? Which is kind of
0: meditative, I think. You know, I mean, you can just zone out if you're just knitting. <laughs> I mean, you're I just guess going around
1: and round and round. Yeah. Um, yeah different people like different that things. If I'm going, like yesterday, I was in this meeting where I had to sit and listen, mm-hmm. but I don't really have to do anything, and I don't have to talk. That. When I attend that meeting once a month, I bring a knitting in the round project, mm-hmm. and so right now I'm working on a sweater where I'm just not at the stockinette point, and I'm just knitting round and round and round and round. I don't have yep. to count any rows, I don't have to do anything, and then, so it's it's great for that. Right. Oh no, I can I can see that
0: definitely. And also the whole idea of um, having fewer needles, I think, when you're traveling. I have found oh, right. that if it's on a circular, you know, you can it, you don't lose stitches off the end, I don't think, as easily.
1: No, I think that's true because you can just slide it down into the, the wire part. Right. And, like, I very rarely use um, needle tip stoppers anymore. I think right. when I was a less experienced knitter and I was more afraid of... Um, stitches flying off the ends, but I, I'd never do that now. Right. Just shove them on down the wire.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. But if you were using straight needles, I think you'd probably feel compelled to put those stoppers on the end of your needles because I just think that the straight needles, they do tend to fall off a little bit more easily. So yeah, that's another, I think, plus for the circular um,
1: a lot of people seem to think that it's easier on your hands, too. Oh, okay. Because I think particularly with some really large items, think of back to mm-hmm. your, like, temperature blanket. Oh, yes. If you would try to do, like, the temperature blanket oh. on, like, a, you know, six-foot-long straight needle. <laughs> that would, it'd be so heavy. <laughs> it'd be really heavy. Yeah. But when it's it's on the circular, so think of it on a, a smaller scale even, that um, a lot of people do think it's just easier on your hands. Yeah, yeah I can definitely see that.
0: Are there any cons for, for circular, would you say, or...?
1: Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not not in general. I mean, I guess one con, you know, we go back to the seaming, mm-hmm. and that you know, seams, seamed items, garments, particular, may have some more structure. Mm-hmm. So you know, but that's really, it's not really a question of circular knitting. That's more a question of seaming or not seaming. So, right. So right. I I don't really see any any cons to circular, and I know. The, the one big positive, and I, I still, I will preface this by saying, I still enjoy using straight needles for okay. projects where I don't need to use circular. However, from an economical standpoint, and mm-hmm. for somebody who is starting out knitting, mm-hmm. and particularly if they're on a budget and they don't have a lot of money to spend on needles... Um, anything that you can do on a straight needle, you can do right. on a circular, but not yes. the opposite. That's very, very true. So,
0: yes, and and I do. I I, I tend to knit everything. Like that temperature blanket, there's nothing about it that needs to be on a circular. But you're right, just because of the weight, right. I'm knitting it just, yeah.
1: Well, the temperature blanket, actually, you probably couldn't do on a straight needle. Yeah, because, because it's just it's, it's so big. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. Yeah. yeah, the
1: bigger the item, yeah, you Unless definitely you, need all that room. Yeah.
0: Just think of the size of that—the size of that needle. it <laughs> would have to be how long that would have to be. Okay.
1: Yes. Need a station wagon to carry him around. Okay. And I, I do want to say um, a lot of the information that I got when I was doing because to me I don't see the big deal about circular. And as I was saying before, I'm surprised about people I who post questions on Facebook who have been using straight needles yeah. forever and seem really intimidated by using a circular needle like it's some really different thing. It's like, oh, I don't really think it's all that different. No, You know, it's just instead of being straight, it's got a little wire on the end and yeah. whatever. But so for people who are intimidated or right. thinking that the circular thing is some big mysterious thing, yeah. I would highly mm-hmm. recommend a book by Margaret Ratcliffe called Circular Knitting Workshop, Essential Technique to Master Knitting in the Round. Oh, good. And so I looked at that book and so a lot of the um, a lot of stuff we 'll talk about today i 'm kind of taking from from margaret 's book, and mm-hmm. I once again it 's a very good book, kind of really comprehensive more than probably most people know about circular knitting, mm-hmm. but if you 're intimidated by it it 's probably well worth the price of um, the book or right. getting it from your library whatever right okay so okay, so how about um,
0: I think you mentioned gauge is a little bit different though gauge when is you're, different yeah if you, if you 're knitting in the round in the round because
1: you're only in most cases you're
0: only knitting oh yes exactly because my problem is my purl stitch and I know it's my purl stitch so if I just have to knit my tension's probably going to be different. a lot better
1: yeah and <laughs> and yes yeah and different than different. if you were knitting and purling right. um and we talked about this a little bit in our gauge episode right where I had and this is something I just learned I guess it's it's weird that I never thought about this although mm-hmm. I've been knitting in the round for 35 years or so mm-hmm never thought about the fact that when i would do a gauge switch (laughs) i I would go back and forth and purl and then my project would be in the round and i'd only be knitting that's true no wonder things weren't fitting right right um but the the fix for that is as we mentioned before yes you you knit and then you just push your needles or your your work to the other end of the needle Mm -hmm. and and sort of that working yarn just sort of dangles in the back as you're going across and you can knit a flat stitch that way okay Um, but in the Margaret Radcliffe book she does mention a couple other ways to get gauge Mm -hmm. and one is one that I actually did on a sweater um, just the other day where I was redoing the famous oronier sweater that Mm -hmm. I talked about a couple episodes ago that I I did like almost half the sweater and then I frogged it all because I just wasn't happy with the fabric that particular yarn I was using so when I finally found the perfect yarn again at Vogue mm-hmm. Knitting Live a couple weeks ago and I started the project again, I thought, I do not want to do another swatch. But the yarn was very different and I knew I needed to. So rather than do a swatch, I just knitted a sleeve first. Oh. And, you know, a couple inches up on the sleeve, I measured sure. for gauge and found I was okay. So Very it was smart. Um, but Margaret also mentions knitting a hat. If you're knitting a sweater, like, do, you make your gauge swatch a little hat and That's you have a hat cute. to go with your sweater. That's a cute idea. I like that. Or you know, what I was thinking is, just knit some little tiny tube, right? Right. You know, just yes. as a swatch. Right. And, you know, knit something in the round that's yeah. small. So but you your idea, think... of you're going to have to knit the sleeve anyway. Right. So it, why not if it's something that you're knitting? Yeah. If you're trying to get gauge on like a sweater, and you knit right. the sleeve, yeah.
0: Right. I like that idea very, very much. <laughs> yes. So um, how about types of types of needles? used to knit in the round because mm. it's not always circular needles. There are other
1: ways to do this, right? Right. right. Um, and what I've noticed is I'm saying, um, all the time <laughs> and it's making me crazy. I don't go back and listen to a lot of our podcasts, but I did listen to another one recently and I thought, oh gosh, stop saying um. <laughs> I'm sure I'm doing um, it too. You're, you're not. Like, I, I would, I would tell you. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Well, they circular, right? Right, which, which is just two pointy ends and right. a cable in the middle. Right, they're DPNs. I've oh, used also those, also known as double pointed needles. Right, <laughs> we use those. That acronym, and we think everybody knows what we're talking about. That's right. I've
0: used double pointed needles before, and I liked them. You know, it was, there was something very satisfying about going around in a circle and you know finishing a needle and moving to the next one. It was just, yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed that process. It made sense to me as a new knitter. Um, I think that what I didn't like about the DPNs was that I had a ladder. I, I actually did DPNs for the sleeves for that sweater that I made. Oh, right. Yes. And I do have for whatever you would call it, a jog or a gutter or a, a ladder, an alley, yeah. an alley or whatever it is going up my sleeve. I don't think it's that. Uh, noticeable, really, but um, I, right. I don't think it's ideal. But it's something I think you, you just get better at. Right. Um, Is the, there any way to get around that? Like, I mean, if you if you consistently tried to change the position of those needles so that it always wasn't in the same place, some
1: people do that. Okay. I think that gets a little cumbersome. I think okay. it's probably easier to just learn what method of tightening works okay. for you. I I don't use DPNs anymore. I, I When I have to do a small tube, I tend to use um, two circulars that we'll talk about in a minute. But what I have found is that I when I get to the end of the, the round and I go to the next needle, I knit the first stitch, and as I'm about to begin the second stitch, I pull really tightly okay. on the yarn, and that sort of pulls... Those two stitches that are on separate needles together. So mm-hmm. it's not on the first stitch I do it. It's really as I begin the second. Oh, okay. And that seems to work for me. Oh, okay. I well, noticed on the, you know, I talked before about the the sock I made in mm-hmm. Greece a, a year ago. It has I use two circulars and it's got some you know alleys down the side. Okay. No, not real bad, but you can tell. And now that I'm doing this other one, I've been working on it. Lately, um, once in a while, you, you can't even tell oh, where those awesome. two come together. So I think it's just a matter of practice. Okay, that sounds uh, good. Yeah, but let, let's back up a little bit. Okay. Uh, and before we get into some specifics about the three, okay, or four, <laughs> yeah, right, different types of needles, talk about a, another thing that came from Margaret's book. Okay. The, things that are a little bit different about working in the you, working in the round versus okay. working something flat is your cast on. Okay in that the cast-on can be a little tricky, particularly if you're, I think you just have to be really cautious about the size of your cord if you're using a a single circular needle. And so some people, I guess, if their cast-on is really tight and then their stitches don't go all the way around the cord and so they don't really meet.
0: Right. Yes, I've done that before. When I first started knitting, I was knitting a hat and I did the opposite thing I had a really really long cord and yeah oh, right
1: that's not gonna work not gonna work <laughs> you have to have the right size yeah and if you have tools. the right size but you still have that problem I guess there's and I guess it makes sense that there's a suggestion that you probably want a little bit stretchier cast on okay. for a, a project in the round but once again that's probably that can, maybe a general rule but it really depends on the particular project okay the other thing kind of also in the the cast on category right is when you join yes you have kind of a jog Mm -hmm. and this is a trick that i had heard about before but i have totally forgotten and and just don't do but she had two suggestions for avoiding that jog and the first is to use your cast on tail along with the working yarn to knit the first stitch okay in the join that's really smart I like that. The other one was to cast on an extra stitch, slip it to the left hand needle, and then knit two together. Okay. And that That is very similar to the technique that is used in joining when you're using two circulars. Okay. Okay. And I have before
0: uh, done the join where you remove the top left hand stitch and kind of keep it dangling there and you pick up the one from the right hand needle and put it onto the left and then you pick up that that, that, you, that dangling, yeah because it kind of just yeah hooks them together then okay. both sides are to hook together yeah that very makes similar sense. mm-hmm
1: cool okay. okay okay all right so back to the dot di- so okay circular yes double-pointed right now double-pointed come in a lot of different sizes I've learned do tell. <laughs> well, I guess the most common people think are like five or eight inches. That's pro- kind of what I have. Yeah. Right. But according to Margaret's book, they are as long as 16 inches. Oh my. And perhaps those were more popular before the circular needles, the way we think of today okay. became more popular, I'm guessing, because people would knit. Oh, so like, like a, sweater, a sweater. Right. Interesting. a really large um, double pointed. Okay. And, but I have some, I just got I'd ask for for Christmas and not that I'm, I'm not really using them as double pointed needles necessarily, mm-hmm. but they're only three inches oh, wow. and they're for, for just for me to have and to use for little tricks that I have for other knitting problems. we okay. <laughs> <For> knitting problems. <laughs> and and what, one that we'll talk about uh, in a few, in a few months in a future episode, which is okay. a technique that I, i think i invented i think may may maybe one of my famous knitting techniques oh when, oh, I, when, there I, write, we go. when I write my book a unique um, linda <laughs> but it uses a very Technique. small double pointed needle. so yeah okay. these, these double pointed that i asked for for christmas are, are tiny they're like from triple zero to size two okay. or three or something and what kind of projects
0: would you use those on other than for your little techniques i mean is
1: it like i think mainly fingers Oh, okay. Like, like on a glove. If you're making gloves, yeah, well, you need something really, really tiny. Right. That's the only thing I can think of. Maybe sure. some toys. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, is it really fiddly? I think it can be. Okay. Yeah,
0: but yeah. Once again. Right. We all. You have to work on it. Got to yep. work on it. Yeah. Yeah. And if. Yeah. What works for one doesn't work for another. That's exactly right. Okay. Okay. Then, we also have. Interchangeable
1: Ooh. needles,
0: and that's something I want. I don't
1: have. I think I want. You have to have. You need to get. I think that they're essential.
0: Anyone out there who does not know what an interchangeable is, it is a circular set of needles where you have the needles, but different size cords that you can interchange with needle sizes, so that you can make exa- You know, put together the needle and the cord that ex- is exactly what you need for. The project you're working on right and the one thing that scares me about them I sometimes hear people
1: say that
0: they come apart
1: right and I think that is a concern it's a valid concern I have three sets of interchangeables Mm -hmm. and the first set and I haven't had these very long considering I've been knitting a long time but the first set I got Oh, today's my birthday, and birthday. I actually got this first set. I think two years ago. What year is this? It must have been two years ago on my birthday. Oh, okay. So uh, I had requested a set of Addy, Click, interchangeable in mm-hmm. bamboo because I like wooden needles. Yep. And with the Addy, people that have trouble with the Addy, they have trouble actually getting it to click in place. Okay. And along with the interchangeable set comes this little, like, round rubbery disc that is basically, remember in the olden days, I I wish I still had one of these. I've lost it. But you had this round kind of rubber thing that you would use to open a jar.
0: Yes okay. oh yes okay.
1: I have some of those okay. actually well, you could give me one as a birthday gift because <laughs> i I lost mine <laughs> okay but so this is like a mini version of that okay. that just allows you to grip onto okay. the the part where you're you you basically on an addy click you kind of push them together and then turn it and then kind of tug the other oh. direction so that it it just kind of hooks okay. into this little mechanism it's easy to not hook those Correctly, yeah. But once you get the hang of it, and I think if you use this little uh, rubbery tool, I guess it's silicone, Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier. The the other set that I have, it's not really a set, it's just needles that I've bought. Um, Usually when I was traveling and I I realized I needed my interchangeables and I didn't bring my set from home or whatever, so I would go to a a local store and the the Knitter's Pride Mm -hmm. interchangeables that you can buy individually almost anywhere Lots of different cord sizes, uh, lots of different needle sizes, and you just literally screw them together. But to get get them screwed on really tightly, you need to use the little pin they provide you. Okay. And so a lot of times I'm lazy, Mm -hmm. and I don't use the pin, and that's when they come unscrewed. I also, in all the ones that I own, and I don't know exactly how many I have, I probably have like five or six sizes of the needles and mm-hmm. I have lots and lots of cords because cords are like two or three dollars so are really cheap. Um I have one needle that I think is problematic. Okay. That it it seems to always come unscrewed, even yeah. when I do it tightly. But I think that's just one and I'm sure if I yeah. wrote to a lemon to you know Knitters Pride they'd happily send me a replacement and right. I'll probably do that sometime. Okay. So with that one I think you just have to really tug very um, tightly. The third set, that I talked about a couple episodes ago, that mm-hmm. I got is my big find at oh, our that's right. Trash to Treasure at our Knitting Guild. The um, is the Takumi um, bamboo. Uh-huh. Those are just screw on. They screw on kind of in the opposite way, though. Instead of the the male part of the screw being on the cord, on the Takumi's, it's on the the actual needle. Okay. And I don't know what it is about these, but something about them, there's no tool involved, there's no little, you know, silicone thing, there's no pin, you just screw them on, and they seem really, really secure. I have not had any issues at all with those. Really? That is good to know. And there there are several other, I know, I am not a metal needle user, but I know a lot of people that use the metal interchangeables Mm -hmm. have some recommendations about those. Right. Uh, A lot of it's perfect. Uh, personal preference, right? but you definitely need some interchangeable. I do, and I do. I'm really eyeing, in our last episode after Vogue Knitting Live, we talked about the Indian Lake Artisan Needles, that oh, are the handmade yes. needles in Michigan. Wow. They... I may be eyeing another set of interchangeable from them. (laughs) They're really expensive, but I think their needles are really, really beautiful. Wow! And and I'm excited to start knitting with them. The ones, the one I did buy.
0: Very, very exciting. Okay, so that is interchangeable. Um, Also, speaking just of the circular, some people will knit with the little nine-inch, you know, the nine-inch circular needles. Have really? you ever, have you ever done that?
1: I, I I think you have. I think I tried. Yes. And I was not successful. I just thought I just thought it was difficult, you know, because right. it just seems like those those stitches I guess some people have trouble kind of you were mentioning with, with their hands. It wasn't right. so much that I had like trouble with, with big my hands. hands. Yeah. It was more that I just felt like the stitches were really stretched okay in an uncomfortable way and I kind of thought that anything that I needed to do on a nine inch needle was just easier for me to do using two circulars
0: oh okay yeah because the nine inch needle would be used for like uh, mittens gloves socks something with a very small circumference I did also notice that some brands make 10 inch and 11 inch and I just wonder because I've read that and, and heard that so much about the nine inch rounds, that there are just so many people have difficulty with it. People who love it, love it. But those who have difficulty just can't get past it. I wonder if those two extra inches would make a difference.
1: You don't know. I mean, I guess it'd be interesting to hear from yeah. some of our listeners. If you are using those really small circular needles, yeah. um, you know, tell us why you like them and why you think that they're Better or easier for you than some of the other methods?
0: Right. I, I can imagine that it's really quick. You know, it's just around and around, around and around, around, around. And, around. And, and again, very meditative. Just you right. know, not having to deal with any um, switching around. So I can I can definitely see that.
1: And then the other needle that neither one of us have tried yet right. are these new flexi needles. Yeah, right. Flex <laughs> I think it's Addy Flexi flips, and we think maybe some
0: other brands maybe now have think, them yeah. as well, but we don't know.
1: And I've seen them and. You know, if somebody gave them to me, I'm sure yeah. I would use them. But I, to me, it doesn't seem like they are different enough from... To me, they're kind of like a combination of using two circulars right. and, and DPNs. DPNs. Yeah. Um, but in a lot of ways, it's really kind of like... Because they kind of flop, flop they kind of flop the way I think of two circulars flopping. Right, that's true. <laughs> I guess they would just
0: be that much shorter. I suppose it depends on what your individual, you know, um, problem with, you know, with it is, you know, like if, if, um, the circulars are too long or whatever, you know, maybe the flexi flips, I I don't know. I have an interest in trying them. I I think that they're probably not cheap. So that's the thing. I mean, you have to lay out the the cash in order to try them and, you know, maybe I will anyone out there who is using them, please let us know what you think of those, the flexi
1: flips. And that's kind of my issue with the uh, now I used um, I used double pointed for many many years up until the summer of two thousand seventeen is when I um, discovered the method of using two circulars for doing these small tubes. Right, but so I don't really I never had what I would call a problem with double pointed. Mm-hmm. However, once again, kind of going back to this idea, when I think about the pros and cons mm-hmm. of double pointed, I think t- for me they seem like there are more cons than pros. I can't think of any real pros compared to these other two methods of doing two circulars or doing magic loop Mm -hmm. other than if you already happen to own a whole bunch of double pointed. But if you are a new knitter, and once again from an economical standpoint, it seems more economically feasible to just invest in circulars Mm -hmm. or interchangeables and you can use those right. to do your small in the round Right. where otherwise when you buy the DPNs, mm-hmm. you're only using them for this, for small right. tubular things. That's you're, true. you're not really able to use them for right. anything else.
0: I just realized, I mean, here we're, t- we're talking about using two circulars and magic loop and, you know, really th- that that's, that's something that maybe, um, someone out there doesn't know what we're talking about. Right. Um. Yeah, I'd heard of magic loop before, but before I really started researching kind of for this podcast, I had never heard of using two, two circulars to make a sock. I really hadn't. Really? No. Even though you've seen me do that for three years? I guess I, I, guess I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That was something I hadn't thought about it. I, I guess I just didn't think about it. Okay. Yeah. So maybe somebody doesn't understand
1: what we're trying to say there using right. the two circulars. So as with, or maybe they don't understand what how you work in the round with four double-pointed or That's in true. the olden days, used to be three double-pointed. That's
0: true. And we will definitely post some videos right. down below, because obviously for us to try to explain to you without you seeing it
1: is going to be difficult. Right. But I mean, to be to be simple about it, if you think about a tube and let's say you have um, 90 stitches mm-hmm. that are on your tube, let's say it's a sleeve or whatever, and on double-pointed you would have... Well, in the old days, once again, when there used to be only four needles to right. a set, now almost all double-pointed sets have five. Mm-hmm. You would have 30, 30, and 30, and then you'd have an empty needle that you would kind of you right. know, use the one that would be like the working needle, and then, then the one you just worked became the working needle, and you'd right. go round and round and round. With two circulars, you just essentially, and it, this, once again, for me, it took, um, I was I was knitting from a book called um, Crazy Tea cozies. Oh, that's right. right. Yes, that I remember that. Yeah, darling stuff. And in the very beginning of the book, the the author's preferred method was to use two circulars, okay. which I had never tried before. But there was a tutorial about how to cast it on and start it. And once I saw that, I just thought, "Oh, that just looks more straightforward than double yeah. pointed." Mm-hmm. And the. The, the cast on and join, you know, is a little, I wouldn't say it's a little tricky. I think just, you have to kind of do it a time or two to get the hang right. of it. But once I did that, I thought, oh, this is just so much easier. Yeah. With double pointed, you have, um, depending on how many needles you have, you have at least three gutters. Right. Around. Or around, or you have four. With double pointed, or with cir- two circulars, you only have two. Two. That you have to kind of be aware of kind of pulling that, that yeah. seam together. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's the big advantage. Yep. Now, magic loop. Yes. It's really hard to explain.
0: That is really hard to explain. (laughs) And what's so great, again, about knitting, I remember when I started out two years ago, I didn't, you know, like I said, I was making a hat, and I had a circular and had a really long cord. And I cast on, and I was like, wait a second, this isn't going to work because the cord is way too long (laughs) for, you know, the size of this hat. And I looked online to see if there was something that I could do And somebody started talking about magic loop and I watched it and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, this is way out of my league. There's no way I could ever do that. And now two years later, yeah, I'm, I just put two, I'm knitting two socks on a magic loop, two socks at the same time in magic loop. And it totally made sense. So I love that. How give yourself some time and things will start to make sense.
1: Right. Yes. Um, And I had seen magic loop for a number of years and heard people talked about it and and just because I was very comfortable with this two circular method that it's, you know I just thought I don't really have a need to, to learn the right. magic loop. But for this episode, Ann and I both decided mm-hmm. we were gonna yes. do Magic Loop. And so because I am an overachiever <laughs> she is. I cast on a project that was well first it's on I think it's on size zero or one oh, needles. Gosh. It's really tiny fingering yarn, which you all know I hate. (laughs) It's two at a time, which I'd never done before. Toe up, which I'd never done before. And magic loop. Yay! (laughs) So I did all of those things. And they look great. And they look okay. Great. (laughs) No, they really don't look great. (laughs) And mainly because the problem I have with magic loop, and granted, this is my very first time doing it, and it could be the particular needle I'm using it has a really really nice wire cord okay but perhaps the fact that 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 wire cord is so sort of strong yeah. i i find it difficult to keep the kind of the, the two together together
0: yes i have kind of cheap circulars and yeah, that cord is really wonky. It does not want to stay together. It's, you know, kind of flopping everywhere, hitting me in the face, you know, while I'm trying to work. I think it is important to, I mean, it can be done, but it's, it's kind of important to have a flexible cord that will kind of mold to what you are wanting it to do. Right. And lay the way you want it to lay.
1: Or, you know, sometimes the opposite in that. So a lot of these cords that the, because of the way we store them, they get right coiled and and they just want to go back to that coil. Right. The, the fix for that is to take the cord and uh, dump it, dump it. Dip, dip it, it? <laughs> not dump dip it in some boiling water oh and then then lay it out flat okay and let it cool in a st- let it cool straight okay so that so then it is straight and okay. you're not it, it it's not going to try to Revert back to its spiral form. Oh, okay. So, okay, that's a really great hint. I thought that was like a good yes, hint. and
0: there yeah. and there are flexible cords as well. Like if you're looking for your first set or whatever, I think some of the cords are more flexible than others and, and don't have that memory. They they'll they'll go with whatever you're doing this time. They don't always go back to right. how they were stored or how they were right. used last. So that's always you know a good idea. Um, but I think also when I was trying to figure that whole thing out and they were kind of everywhere, um, I saw a video and she was using like a little clip, like a, a sewing, something that's used for sewing. Right. Yeah. And I don't know anything about sewing. You kind of do, but just to clip those together. And I, I did end up getting like those big paper clips, the, the, the big right. ones, like the, um, the clamps, yeah. the clamps and kind of holding them together. And that really worked for me. Right.
1: and, yeah, you know, to me, I think that would help. But once again, with magic loop, you're kind of always moving that right, wire. Right. So, yeah. so it seems like you'd be undoing that clip all the right. time. You no, know, maybe when you store it, um, that's when it makes more sense. It
0: just kind of flattened it out. It just kind of, you know, and then when I was ready to work, I could take it off. But it kind of kept it flat and together, as opposed to just you right. know
1: winging out in every direction. The other thing, and once again, this is my very first project using magic loop. Um, I can't say that I would never use it again. I, I do. I think there is some advantage of doing two-at-a-time mm-hmm. socks yep. if you, you know, have this second sock syndrome. Right. But, you know, I do think it's a little... It, it, it's just, I don't know, like a little messy. It is. It is, and, it is and, messy. And to me, it wasn't so much the magic loop. It was the fact that you have two... Balls of yarn, yarn balls in such yarn close proximity. Dangling. Yeah. Um, and then the other sort of con, similar to... We mentioned about this one of the, the cons of working with double pointed is that you might sometimes mistake in the yes. oh, the, man. The, mm-hmm. the working needle for an empty needle or right. vice versa. Right. And you pull on the the needle that has the stitches on it thinking it's the empty needle right. and voila yeah. all your stitches go away. Where I think on Magic Loop you have to be a little bit careful. Right. You when could you're, when you're pulling yeah a needle that you're grabbing the right thing and you right. just don't. I, I, I kind of did that one time. Okay. Um, but I also think the, but the biggest problem for me with this magic loop are these these gutters on the side sure. that just seem bigger than they need to be. I think it'd be a little bit less of a problem if if I was doing cuff down instead of toe
0: up. Right, and that's what I was doing. So I think my, you know... I, I, the, the uh, YouTube video that I was watching that really spoke to me um, and she kept saying just don't worry about it. it it takes care of itself which I was looking at these ladders between
1: thinking how is that going to take care of itself right. but lo and behold it did Yeah. and on, on my toe up I think the ladders are not as big as they seemed when I was knitting it right. but in a lot of places they are mm-hmm. still pretty bad so yeah. And and once again, maybe it's different when you're doing only, let's say you're just doing a single sleeve or something on magic loop and you're not trying to do two things at once. Maybe that helps too. I don't know. Well, we'll continue to play with magic loop. Exactly. Whatever.
0: And and what I thought, you know, uh, after looking at, I looked at magic loop first and and like I said, I had never seen the two doing the two circulars at this, you know, together. And it really is the same concept. I mean, it is really like magic loop, you know, doing, it's just using two versus one Right needle. And the cast on is a little bit, you know, the cast on for magic loop. Um, you just have to watch, you have to find a tutorial that speaks to you. I mean, you know, the first part of it is, is you just need to really watch a tutorial and it's not that confusing.
1: I, right. I, I was surprised at actually how easy it was when right. I actually sat down and, and did it. It right. seemed pretty straightforward.
0: Yes. Yeah. I think it took me three different videos before I found someone that I thought, okay, I get this. Yeah. So just do not be uh, afraid of magic loop. Do not be afraid of trying to knit, you know, a sock on two circulars. I just, you have to be brave and and give it a shot because, (laughs) yeah, it's it's good stuff.
1: So one other kind of funny thing that just popped up in this book about this Margaret Radcliffe book about circular knitting that I just thought was really funny it, it's a little bit off subject but she talks a lot about at the I-cord and an I-cord bind off mm-hmm. in circular and because most of the circular things I've done are just sweaters and sleeves and things like that I I, I didn't quite understand and I'm not sure I still quite understand what she's talking about in terms of I-cord, I-cord, I-cord. She mentions it a lot. And there are some projects in the book that are kind of, they're not really patterns, but they're sort of more tutorial projects. Mm -hmm. And they have this I-cord. And I guess a common way to end, particularly something like a hat where you come together in a point, is to do like an I-cord bind-off. And ironically, the the little hat that we were talking about earlier with the Fair Isle that I I made this baby hat from the Susan B. Anderson class that I took at Vogue Knitting Live. It has actually four different colored I-cord tassel loops Mm -hmm. at the top. Cute. But anyway, I I never knew what I-cord stood for, and according to Margaret Radcliffe, it's a term that came from Elizabeth Zimmerman in a book from 1974 where she referred to it as an idiot cord. <laughs> now, I don't know why she called it an idiot cord, but then the name got shortened to I-cord. So,
0: well, the fact that I'm able to make one probably
1: points to the fact that anyone, anyone can make an I-cord. But I just thought that was just really, really funny. <laughs> that is funny. That it's like, is this really true? I don't know. We, <laughs> somebody out there, you know, is us some fake information news? about, like, is this really what, the, what it was called? I don't know. We'll Too see. funny. Okay.
0: well are we, have we made it to our,
1: okay. What's your rave
0: or fave? My rave this time, I guess is, you know, because I I was working so hard, I was, I was going to figure out that magic loop. And I tried a bunch of different videos. And the one that finally spoke to me was by someone named Aurora Cisneros, S-I-S-N-E-R-O-S. And it's a YouTube video called two at a time cast on just something about the way she did it spoke to me. She was, funny, um, a cutie, and uh, just just really got the point across for me. So I will rave about her. She's okay. awesome.
1: Well, I'm going to rave about Margaret Radcliffe. Mm-hmm. I've already mentioned the, this book about circular knitting that I got a lot of good information from. But what I discovered, and I didn't really make this connection until I was looking at I guess I was looking at the book on on Amazon, and when you're looking at a book on Amazon, like Mm -hmm. some of the author's other books pop up, and I realized that I own three of Margaret Radcliffe's other three books. Interesting. So the first one is called The Knitting Answer Book, and it was published in 2005, and it's a small little book that is an easy one to toss into a project bag. Oh, great. And it's kind of written from the perspective of a new knitter. So the new knitter is just asking a lot of questions so the organization is a little bit maybe different than a lot of other sort of pocket reference knitting books Mm -hmm. but I really like the book and I I don't really use it very much anymore but I did use it earlier in my knitting career Uh, so I I would highly recommend that. Mm -hmm. The other book that I have acquired recently and haven't really spent a lot of time reading is called The Knowledgeable Knitter, and it has really, really great photographs, which I think is one of its, you know, hallmarks, hallmarks, exactly, but the book is really providing you, it's got sort of good basic information about a lot of different techniques in knitting, but it goes beyond just explaining the technique, and that it explains, the why behind why you would do a certain technique in a certain way in a certain situation. So oh, nice. So I think for anybody that is thinking about design, or is your, you know maybe planning on design, or planning on making some modifications to a pattern, mm-hmm. I think it's a really really good resource. And then the other book that I I actually took checked out from the library a while ago. Just to see if i liked it before i bought it Mm -hmm. Um, i do intend to buy it i have not purchased it yet but it was originally published it's called the essential guide to color knitting techniques and then it has a a super long subtitle (laughs) it was originally published in 2009 and then an updated version in 2015. Mm -hmm. so yay to margaret yay that (laughs) sounds wonderful very good how about misbehave um, well, my misbehave is just that cute little baby hat that, once again, I did in the the Susan B. Anderson class, <clears throat> and I, you know, wanted to. It's yeah. a Fair Isle hat. I wanted to uh, practice my color work. The, I made the hat according to the pattern instructions, mm-hmm. and I was making a baby size. Okay. I have a, a, my one of my nieces had a baby on January sixth, and. That little baby just spent a long time in the NICU Mm -hmm. and has gone home from the hospital this week, and she's doing very well, so it's very exciting. But I made the baby size, and in the pattern, there are, I don't know, maybe six or seven charts. And so the baby size, they tell you to do four charts. Well, as I'm knitting along, this hat is looking taller and taller and taller, so I only did... Three charts. Okay, but the hat is still, unless you have a like a really strange, cone you know, head. <laughs> deformed hat. You know, like the, yeah. the, the the people from France and the cone head, the cone head, the cone heads. Yeah. So if you have a cone head baby, <laughs> this would fit perfectly. But you know what? I just maybe
0: it's supposed to be kind of like a slouchy beanie. Does it, so, is it supposed to slouch? No, top to the back. No. No, mm. it's supposed to
1: be. You know. Interesting. So. So that's my misbehavior. Not a big deal because yeah, uh, it's darling. Know, yeah, it's just... very cute. The baby's probably not going to wear it for more than like a week anyway because they'll either grow out of it or it won't be cold enough in Texas to right. wear the stupid that's hat. That's true.
0: I think but... that they could <laughs> just put it on and kind of push it down yeah. on the top, and nobody'll ever know. So,
1: so as it turns out, one of the charts in this hat is is very tall. Has it's like 13 rows or something? Okay. If if I had been thinking and uh, I probably would have. Done a different chart instead of that one, okay. so it wouldn't quite be as tall. So okay. my baby had us too tall. No, oh, big deal. but it is so cute. It is cute. I love it. And what are you misbehaving?
0: Well, I would just say that just during that entire attempt to do magic loop, magic loop, it was not pretty um, <laughs> for a while there. And I, I guess that the biggest thing uh, was. I first started, I didn't have a bunch of yarn to choose from. And I thought, well, I can, you know, instead of having two balls of yarn, I can just pull from the from, you know, one end of the yarn and pull from the other. <laughs> oh my. Oh no. Do, do not do that. You, des- you definitely need to separate your ball of yarn into two separate balls of yarn. Do not do what I did and a save with that. I need to get myself a good kitchen scale. I don't have a good kitchen scale, something where I can okay. weigh the yarn and say, I need 50 grams per ball and just, you know, I have a winder so I can make two balls right. of yarn. So, yeah, definitely I ended up using two, two different balls of yarn.
1: Another that thing helped. that I find when I'm doing something with two, like, and I did for these Magic Loop socks, is if I put the, the yarn in baggies, right, that that really helps, too. Then if they're right. just bouncing out there on right. their own, that way... It- Yeah. And I have done that before
0: too. And I think also the second thing that I did because I was just trying to learn how to do it. And I had two, I was making two different socks with two different, you know, uh, working yarns on the same needle. And it was confusing me because I had not done it before this, the, about the third time I did it, I did find a different color ball of yarn. And I just thought, you know, just for learning purposes, I that really helped me too to really see, you know, what I was doing. This is the green sock. This is the pink sock. And it just made everything
1: make sense to me, I guess. Right. To distinguish left from right. Yes. Yes. Like I put a little stitch marker. My socks are identical, but I put a little stitch marker on the one that was, I knew like the sock that I sort of start with. Right. So I kind of, Yeah, that's,
0: that's a smart idea. Yeah. And and then also I did, we've already kind of said it, but you know, that, that girl who said that she used a, um, a sewing clip and I did use the, the, the clamp things just to kind of, you know, hold them together. This is one sock together. Just, just little things that kind of dummy proofed it for me as, you know, um, to not confuse myself. Okay. (laughs) Okay. There you go. How about your
1: crave? We'll have my saves. Oh, I'm so sorry. Save, and I actually have two saves. Okay. Now, the first is just a general circular knitting save that I, I did talk about briefly when I talked about my big misbehave a few episodes back with the hat that I had to cast on okay. eleven times. Now, joining in the round many times is is not a problem. You know, you just line right. up your stitches, and it seems obvious, and twisting isn't an issue, but. I know when I tried to do the tubular cast on, there was something about the tubular cast on that was just much more difficult to try to join without twisting mm-hmm. and and then sometimes people just have issues where they can't seem to they can't seem to get the the stitches to lie flat and right. to be confident about not twisting so the real easy fix to that is to knit. You can knit several rows. You can knit two, three, four, five, seven rows and then join in the round. Oh, okay. And then so that, yeah, you might have a little, you know, yeah. half-inch little thing that then you just, you know, whip stitch with your um, oh, okay. tail. So that's that's one thing. Oh, That's very smart. And then the other save is something that we were talking about before we started recording where you were asking me about... When you look at people who are doing two circular needles, Mm -hmm. it just seems like the needles are all like kind of wonky and going around. Mm -hmm. And what I have found is that when you're using two circular needles, you're kind of you've got one set in a circle Mm -hmm. and then the other set is sort of dangling. Right forward or backward. So mm-hmm. if I am knitting on the, um, all right, think of a circle. Mm-hmm. If I am knitting on the outside of the circle, that means the points, right, are pointing to me. Oh, they're not pointing to me. This is really hard to explain. Right. You may need to make a video of it. Yeah, I can't. I, I'm not going to make a video, but I will. Okay. I, I will take two photos. Okay, that's What good. I have found is that when I'm knitting something on two circulars, and normally the knit side, mm-hmm. when people do circular, they're knitting on the outside, right? Right. What I have found is that if I turn it inside out, so that I'm actually knitting on the inside, mm-hmm. it means the two needles that I'm not using are dangling away away from me instead of pointing at me and hitting me in the chest with the tip of the needle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And once again, good. it's really hard to explain right. in an audio podcast. But if I take two photographs sure. and show the difference, yeah. it'll be She obvious. showed it to me before we started. And yeah, it, de- it definitely does work.
0: Right. Excellent. Okay. So now we're down to the
1: craze. Our favorite thing. Yes.
0: Okay. You want to go first? Oh, sure. I don't. I don't care. Um, I guess I'll go because I'm so excited about it. (laughs) Okay. Well, in our knitting group, we have a ton of January and February babies, and Linda's one of them. Her birthday's today, the day that we're recording, (laughs) and uh, so we, as a knitting group, decided that we would take a little trip on our next knitting uh, group. Day, and we're going to go up to McKinney Knittery in McKinney, Texas. And I have never been there. I have been to their uh, booth at DFW Fiber Fest, which was awesome. I have been to their online store, but I have never been there in person. And I
1: have been to their store. many 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 times (laughs) (laughs) maybe too many times your husband might be listening it's a little dangerous for me because they do have the spin cycle yarn there oh my that i cannot you know pass up without buying spin cycle i'm sure i'll buy a few skeins when i'm there Mm. but yeah i'm I'm very excited about that i'm excited yeah because i think i'm in the in our knitting group of six or seven people i'm the only person that's ever actually been there right yes when we talk about this field trip mckinney texas is only about 35 minutes away from dallas right. it, is, it is part of the dallas fort worth metroplex it's right. just a, a far northern suburb right. and for those of us i live very very close to downtown uh, yeah to me it just seems like a big right deal to to go all the way to mckinney but i'll go there for yarn of
0: course <laughs> for yarn <laughs> we'll do anything right yeah so i'm excited to see it yeah. how about your crave
1: my crave okay this is kind of weird but because i have so many projects in the queue I can't really start craving new yarn and new patterns right now. I, I need to yeah. get get some of these other things done. Right. But something I came across during the Christmas holidays, it was I think it was something that actually popped up in maybe a Facebook ad somehow. I forget how I first came across. But Brooks Brothers, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily do a lot of shopping at Brooks Brothers. I think I bought a dress there a year or so ago. There was a Brooks Brother sweater that just really appealed to me. And Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily want to buy the sweater, but it inspired me Mm -hmm. about knitting. And it's kind of a a Christmassy-looking sweater, so it's seasonal. It's it's on their website now, but it's in their sale section, only available in an extra small. So if we give you a link to it, it's probably not going to be there and not going to be there very long depending on when you listen to this podcast Right. but I did take a picture okay, good. on my phone of, of this sweater but anyway the sweater is one sleeve is Fair Isle the other sleeve is a solid color cable oh wow then one part—it's a cardigan, kind of an open front. I think yeah. no button cardigan. One the opposite, so the the right sleeve I think has the fair isle, and then the left part of the left front panel has matching fair isle, and then the you know the cable. So it's just kind of all these different things put together. It's in kind of, of like a wacky way—a
0: knitter's ugly Christmas
1: sweater type of idea, you know, like using yeah. different kinds of or like a techniques you know, crazy. Quill. Yeah, but I just. It just really appealed to me, particularly, you know, we both talked about wanting to do color work this way. And I thought, and and particularly, I think a lot of Fair Isle stuff where there's Fair Isle over everything is really cute on little kids. But, you know, on more mature women, like maybe like a whole sweater of Fair Isle all over might just be a little overwhelming and maybe a little sickening to try to knit that much (laughs) but i thought well doing like a sleeve yeah just might be really fun and then just doing like a fun cable and another sleeve right so it just got me thinking about maybe how i want to design some sort of a sweater cardigan in the future with some of these elements absolutely that sounds really
0: exciting i love it Okay, well, we're coming up on an hour. I oh think we've done it. We're very long winded these we days. We are long winded. Oh my gosh. So, until next time,
1: be brave. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information, check out Brave Knitting at Facebook or Ravelry Group. You can also find us on Instagram at B E E Brave Knitting and email us at beebravenitting at gmail.com